Hey, everybody. In this episode of the NFT Morning Show, we discuss the gem NFT that OpenSea has made available as a free claim for anybody that ever used the gem tool that they ended up acquiring. So a lot of people got a free NFT. It's not super high value, but free nonetheless. So we talk about that and where we think it's going. Beyond that, we have Ice Bags on the show. So Ice Bags is the founder of Can Pie Pandas. And we talked to him about the John Jones MMA, you know, UFC sponsorship that they locked in. Very, very big deal. Impressive sponsorship sponsorship to lock in. And we talk about the current state of the project and where he sees it going in the future, as well as just what it means to actually be an NFT project from a business and brand perspective. So it's a very juicy conversation. Hope you enjoy it. And the claim for the free NFT, if you go to the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com, the claim is 69 Kanpai. that's K-A-N-P-A-I, 69 Kanpai 69 is the claim code, 69 Kanpai 69 Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the NFT Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, April 5th. If it is your first time listening, we run this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto, technology, entertainment, gaming, finance, and everything in between. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business, free NFT platform developer and product person extraordinaire, Ezeets Bodega, the host of GMGM Market Talk, the host of Web3 Made Easy, the dog behind Bodago, soon to not only come to a blockchain near you, but be the number one collection on that blockchain. Signal, coder turned content creator, the host of Artist Spotlight, talking to the best and brightest from the NFT art world on a weekly basis. We absolutely absolutely love having her on the team and hearing her very sophisticated, uh, sophisticated takes on the NFT market. Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders, co-founder at the Nifty. Cyber Stadium is moving right along. 200,000 plus USDC in that prize pool. 100% of that goes to the players, to the participants of Cyber Stadium. He is an intelligent degenerate, letting it fly, making big wins, but also taking big losses. Spencer. The founder of Spencer Ventures, representing for institutional capital in the NFT space. His bags are pumping 24-7. I saw he swept 100 of the OpenSea NFT yesterday. I was texting easy that my instincts were telling me to buy more at 0.03, but I stopped myself because my instincts have been a little bit off lately trading, but I guess they were on with that because that would have been a 2x. Uh, We got Clemente. The man behind the scenes, the producer of the show, producer extraordinaire, would not be able to do the show without him. We hope he'll chime in a few times during the show today to let us know what the story is. Last but not least, we have Bunny. Bunny, your bio just says, thanks for nothing, OpenSea. Yeah, I hate them. (laughs) Why is that? What do you mean, why is that? (laughs) They gave me $100 in an NFT, and then like I I have the chance to earn more worthless NFTs uh, through through their thing. Like I don't care about that. So does that- dude? Even SOS gave me money. <laughs> Did you sell the worthless NFT? No, I'm holding this thing for the moonshot. There's only <laughs> seventy thousand of them right now. Uh, <laughs> Do you think that that's a, a low supply or a high supply? <laughs> it's less than a hundred and eighty. I mean, there's supposed to be a hundred and eighty thousand. So. Bullish. <laughs> well, we love hearing from you, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, later in the show, we're going to be joined by Ice Bags, 
Dereal Milk Bags. I don't know what his name is today. We're going to figure it, figure all that out. Um, we've asked him to join the show. I heard some really cool interviews between the guys over at Rekt Radio, I believe, and Ice Bags. Obviously, he's the founder and CEO of Can Pie Pandas, very well-known NFT collection. I uh, had some positive price appreciation recently after they shipped an update, so we'll have to talk to him about that. But I asked him to join the show because of all the moves that he's been making with Can Pie Pandas. They've been very inspired inspiring to me and also the moves that he's making in the mixed martial arts world and tying that to nfts i find it fascinating and i want to understand the way ice bags is thinking about can pie pandas uh, beyond just the nfts really as a brand and clearly it's causing value to accrue to the collection so that's going to be a lot of fun uh we'll talk to ice bags in about 20 to 30 minutes uh but we're going to just dive right in today we're going to discuss gems rebrand OpenSea pro the topic that i was just discussing with bunny the influx of volume on that nft the gemesis nft which was free if you were a user of gem during some t- time frame, one of my wallets qualified, so cool. Uh, and then, of course, we have special guest Ice Bags joining us. That is not a sponsored spot. I invited Ice Bags as a thought leader from the NFT space to join us. We have a free NFT that we're going to be giving away later in the show, so stick around for that. Uh, make sure you log in your account at the nifty.com to get yourself ready to claim that. Looks like we got a question of the day today. If you had to hold an item for the next six months, would you rather hold a doodle or a Clonex? So I don't know if Clemente's putting a poll or how he's doing that, but respond. Click that little purple bubble in the bottom right of your screen and respond with whether... This question's offensive. <laughs> Nick, I, I don't think it's offensive because I'm not sure which one I would hold. Actually, I think I have an idea, hey. but Nick, it sounds like you're opinionated. You've never jumped on a grenade for a buddy before? I would hold Campi... Pandas is what would happen. Conpie uh, pandas. Um, when in the selection between doodles and, I heard rumors yesterday you bought a doodle. Was that false? Yeah, you know I'm out of here trying to just uh, save money at the moment. Uh, I was looking for another apartment. I did come to the conclusion that no matter how you slice it, three bedrooms for oneself is is excessive and unnecessary in New York and- City. Yeah, and I, I can easily save a minimum, you know, $25,000 a year. Um, and, it, was, and it was a bull market decision, dude. No one's blaming you, judging yeah. you. Uh, so it seems like based on the way – and then I, I got an apartment last night I, I, I went to go check out. Apparently, it had been on the market for three weeks, and I didn't realize that. And so it was, uh, it was snatched up, and I got a message yesterday after I went and checked it out. And I was interested in it. And that hurt. Uh, but I'm rebounding and I'm going even bigger. I've come to the conclusion that, uh, you know what, maybe maybe two bedrooms is worth it. And uh, although it's not going to be. Yeah, you don't strike me as a one bedroom idea. idea uh, like, you know, I think you need some space for your ideas. I don't think you're a one bedroom guy. I, there was one that I checked out where there was like, it was a, a really nice apartment and there was a loft area. So when they include the square footage, they include that, uh, that loft area. But the loft area, the height of the ceiling is literally five nines. So like, well, that's perfect for you. It, it's, I could stand in there. Like it would literally be, I could literally got just stand in there. But 
<clears throat> they say you need a, a higher ceiling for creativity. Like you need space <laughs> above your head. So you mean and like standing up straight and having the ceiling literally being within a centimeter <laughs> of the top of your head isn't ideal to create? No, it's not going to be inspiring. And so that's an issue that uh, uh, I'm dealing with. Um, but so I, I didn't pick that place up. But um, someone said just moved to Florida. Don't test me. I, don't test him. I've been in his ear about that. I've literally been in his ear. I was like, you know, if we moved to Miami, we'd basically. I was the one that, that, that you brought, brought it up, up first. And Pio was like, you're lacking focus. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that sounds like something I would say in response then, to Nick. And then, and then I was like, uh, and then it, he like stews on it for, for a week or two. And is like, yo, man, I got a great idea. <laughs> like you should, you should. I think the Miami move really makes sense. The problem is, is like we're headed into, um, summer so if you're looking for a good deal i'm gonna be honest like right now is probably like the next few months is when uh you're gonna get the best prices also if um if we see a continued depreciation in prices so miami is not a bad place to look right now uh but anyways that's enough for real estate we'll see which apartment wins the nick lottery ladies and gentlemen as a co-founder with nick that currently lives across the street from him i have no idea where he's gonna end up he I, might I end up in montana I submitted an application last night at, at the uh, down the street. I'm not going to specify the building for obvious reasons, but uh, it was it was um, on a whim, just out of anger and frustration <laughs> of this rejection. I was like, I don't care. I got it's I got to leave my place in three in the next three weeks. And the landlord was like, "You're not staying for an extra month. Either you leave or you sign a year's year lease." And I was just like, "Damn." All right, like, uh, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Have fun finding someone for this fucking three-bedroom apartment. One last thing, Pio. I just wanted to say happy Passover uh, to, uh, well, this evening it starts. Um, and uh, uh, having, enjoy your Seder if you're Jewish. And for those that aren't Jewish, for those that are trying to understand sort of the historical context of Passover, it was a day when we slaughtered uh, uh, <laughs> lambs, as well as children, fan, uh, no, no children and wives, no. and neighbors. Lambs, okay. just lambs to save the children. But nice try. I know more about Jewish history than you. Uh, okay, Spencer, what do you? You're a New York City native. We're going to get into the weather report in just a second. You're a New York City native. What do you make of the way that Nick is approaching his apartment hunt? For people that don't know, in New York, apartment hunting, looking at apartments, it's Spencer basically a have to deal with this. It's a pastime. Yeah, Spencer's got a good setup, but I'm sure he's, Spencer's he's familiar. The New York, a New York City royalty. He's New York he's, elite. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you just you just gotta believe, and the opportunity will present itself. Like everyone I know who's long term in New York has like some sort of weird setup that just makes it work. And um, you know, I'd say Nick never compromise, except uh, in this case, just definitely compromise because that's <laughs> that's how it works in the city. Big Apple, you gotta hustle, gotta hustle a little bit harder if you want that three bedroom. You know what I really see in your future? I see a four bedroom. <laughs> So, you know, I think you can make that. That's happen. what I'm saying. He's trying to get you to level up, not downgrade yourself. So, that's what uh, a fellow investor friend told me. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you could get a smaller apartment, or you could just a fellow not. investor friend." Nick <laughs> says after buying the top of six NFTs. <laughs> yeah, he's an investor like me. We're both investors. All right, all right. Well, okay. well, he's an investor in our company, Spencer. But uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. If fellow investor friend is how I would. Uh, describe the relationship okay. with someone who gave me money. <laughs> well, he's, he's, 
Well, he's a good friend. I used to work for him, actually. Um, <laughs> My old boss. Really not selling the fellow investor friend. And I've invested in him. So anyways, uh, th- so he's a fellow investor friend. He's a friend, okay? Let's just call it that way. My friend was saying, yeah, or you could not. And Nathan, the more- your voice was, he's a friend, unlike you. <laughs> uh, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the weather report. I just glanced at the clock. I literally expected it to say 930. I'm actually impressed that it's only 918. I thought we just lit 12 minutes on fire with that. So here we are, uh, 918 uh, weather report, which is actually kind of on time. Go ahead, Kix. Hello, today's Wednesday, the 5th of April. Sorry, I hit it. I hit it too early. No, no, it's yeah. good. It's good. Volume today, 30, uh, $53 million. Blur is $36 million. OpenSea is coming in at $10 million. When we look over at the leaders, we got Apes at 62.3, Mutants at 13.3, and Punks at 61, just chilling. Azuki's chilling, 13.7. D-Gods trying to find its floor, 8.5. That's not bad. Captain's mini pullback to 5.9. Pudgies ranging around, sitting at 4.3. Moonbirds down at 3.5. Over the past 24 hours, OpenSea Pro launched a Gemesis collection. So far, 35% of this has been minted. There's a cap at 180K. Low-digit Gemesis have been selling for a premium with the top sale going for 100 ETH. I thought that was maybe a fat finger. That's 200 grand. D-Friends announced a new round of Burn Island. Holders of D-Friends Series 2 can burn Wolfpack mini drops with the top burners receiving valuable assets from Wolf Game, including Gen Zero Alpha 7 Wolves. Mini... Drops 2x on the news, but quickly resettled back to 0.07. Iron Paw Gang sold out yesterday. Our boy Easy hit a win over there. The collection continued to pump pre-reveal. And for Minters, it was a 5x win, hitting 0.8 all-time high. Collection's going to reveal in 24 hours, and it's at 0.6e. Lastly, Artist Ferocious revealed behind the scenes for his upcoming PFP. The artist celebrated one year since paint was released on Nifty Gateway, but didn't say when the PFP is due to be released. Floor on, plain, on the paint holds 0.42. If you want canvas to paint on, that's 0.62. Quickly looking over at crypto, we got Bitcoin just above 28.5. ETH on a nice little run here. It's ETH's day, 1925. Solana just above 21, 84.3. Crypto stable with ETH breaking out. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> Way to get through that, Kicks. Uh, fantastic weather report as usual. Some other ferocious. Up- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, the daily newsletter published from the Nifty.com. You're going to need to have an account there for the free NFT. So go to the Nifty.com and sign up. All you need is an email. Gem.xyz, as Kicks mentioned, has rebranded to OpenSea Pro. Uh, Basically, it's a competitor to Blur, right? It's a shift towards offering advanced features for professional NFT traders. It's a direct response uh, to Blur, from what I can tell. In their latest update, MetaMask offers NFT support. (laughs) Crazy idea. Alongside assets and activity tab, uh, wild idea. They're actually going to offer support for NFTs. Papa John's partners with OneRare to launch NFTs of international pizzas, allowing fans to collect digital ingredients and earn real-life rewards we'll have to see We're so close to the bottom po we're so freaking close to the bottom this is this is a bottom tagger right here if i've ever seen one papa john's digital nft ingredients we're gonna we're, have, we're gonna have to see uh elon musk last but not 
pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Put that in your pizza oven and bake it. And last but not least, Elon Musk continues his call for safety around artificial intelligence, tweeting another meme about the importance of not taking shortcuts with AI development. I'd love to see him sit down with Sam Altman from OpenAI to talk about well, this stuff. Right after he did this, he fired uh, uh, another 50% of engineers, quote, saying, uh, we don't need him anymore. We got AI. <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm talking yeah, he about. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't actually do that. Oh, OK. That would have been great. Look, uh, we're going to dive in. Uh, we're going to talk to Ice Bags in just a few minutes. Uh, basically, the topics at hand here are more or less the, the Genesis claim on uh, OpenSea. Spencer, so last night when it was 65 US dollars, it was like 0 0.03. I minted my free one. And I was like, should I sweep the floor here at 0 0.03? Because I kind of feel like this is going to go up. Uh, I mean, we've kind of seen this before. Mint is paused right now, though. So, you know, as soon as they open that back up, people may flock. Increasing supply, causing more negative price action. U.S. is waking up. Traditionally, when we see the U.S. wake up, they paper hand. So, tough to say. But I, I don't know, man. Like, so I bought, a, I bought a ton of these. I bought a couple hundred of these at, like, 0 0.02. Um, and I think the thing that... Two things about it. One, like... I think, I don't know, I heard some debate about this yesterday, but I feel like this was very directly their response to Blur. Yes. Um, and so, like, you know, they're not going to launch a ERC-20 token, but they are going to launch an NFT. And so, you know, Blur's market cap is, like, FTV of Blur was, like, $3.3 or, you know, $1.7 right now. Circulating supply is, like, 250 mil, right? Like, seven mil for the OpenSea equivalent, even if it is a, an NFT, and like this just speaks to the lack of liquidity, seemed like kind of crazy low for an FDV, the token. And then you also have like, I think a lot of people just won't claim, right? Like a lot of people use GEM um, back in the day. Those DGENs are long gone in the ecosystem and they're not going to log oh, back okay. into their wallets to claim like 0.0 whatever ETH thing. Like it's just not happening. And the last thing too is the way that this was distributed, it's like one of the best supply distributions I, I think it's dumb for the record like you didn't get more based on your volume it's just if you had used it you got exactly one and i think that that like what that means is like you know even big accounts have one people didn't really optimize for this airdrop by like farming it on a million wallets so like if you if you kind of look like a lot of people just had one and so in the beginning of this there was no one who had quorum except for me that could dump <laughs> um and so like who's gonna go sell like like two three hundred in one go like it just wasn't gonna happen right and the way that blur bidding works is it increases in increments and so the blur bid has consistently been above the floor of this why because it's really hard to buy a position of these at size right because uh gas is such a high percentage of the cost like i was buying these at 0.02 my cost basis is 0 0.03. Yeah, <laughs> it's a 50% yeah. bump in cost basis off just gas, right? Yeah. And I, I'm assuming even, when, even when you're sweeping, like where you get some efficiency, you're still paying a lot. Okay, so, so the he, synopsis is Spencer's mad because he, 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 he he's spends up 2x. A, does a lot of volume and uh, oh, and, and, and deserves more. Did did Spencer, you you controlled the blur markets. Did you dump it all? Did you? Did oh, you, yeah. I, I saw you take a screenshot of like 0 0.07 and you were kind of like, <laughs> yeah, Spencer's real quick. Spencer's evil laugh is quickly becoming his signature where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that. 
I mean, it could go up from there. It did actually. It went to point oh nine at one point, and I remember I was like, "Dang, I already sold several hundred of these." Like, kudos to those that did not. So it's not like I even top ticked it, right? Yeah, but it was like. But the, right, the right. frustrating thing is like. It was a 3x, but it was really a 2x because the there was so much gas involved in trading it. Yeah. This is one of the frustrating things about trying to trade like an NFT that is basically an ERC-20 token. Is like if it's, they didn't even make it an 1155, right? Like yeah. it, you couldn't like go okay. I want to if I want to sell 200 of these, it was still 200 like separate like gas transactions or whatever. Like, yeah. It was just obscenely frustrating to do. Um, the only way to be really gas efficient was if you buy them. Uh, on with blur bids then you sign one transaction to put the bid in right yeah. actually you don't even sign a transaction you just sign one of uh blur transaction to deposit the ETH. and so um that's why you see the floor is always below the blur bid right now by like yeah. and there was sometimes it was like a 0.02 spread between the floor and the blur bid and that to me was a pretty easy like sell signal yeah. on the floor is that low yeah. um like you know when you have like a a, a 0.07 bid and a 0.05 floor is like, okay, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to sell a bunch of these bids. That, that felt yeah. like a reasonable time to do that. Awesome trade. I didn't buy any secondary. Luckily, I've been farming for a blur airdrop like nine years now. <laughs> so I have a decent amount of wallets that got a little free K. You mean a gem airdrop? What'd I say? Blur. I did that on Twitter when I tweeted the same thing <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, I messed this up. Yeah, so gem airdrop. Got a couple of those. Happy about that. I tried to do the same sweep thing with Coinbase base free NFT. I got about 200 of those locked away. Same kind of thesis, you know. They're they're both doing these these uh NFT drops instead of, you know, other types of airdrops. So, curious to see how this all pans out. Is it is it like a stopgap in their strategy until they get more clarity? I don't know. I think it's also it's it's interesting cuz like I just, in, in the bull market, these would have cooked. Like in the bull market, the first OpenSea official NFT, are you kidding me? Yeah. Easy one ETH floor. But it just shows you how, A, how we're not in a bull market, but B, how far OpenSea's reputation has fallen. It's like you, you don't hear people being like, oh my God, like the gigabrains at OpenSea are going to pump this. They're going to do something smart with this. Everyone's like, ah, oh, like OpenSea, I don't know, like, you know, ah. Like the team, like got a medium. Like we'll see if they'll deliver stuff. Like maybe these will be something. And like you know, there's just some weird stuff about it too. Where, uh, you know, why is why is Gemesis the branding if they're getting if if they're changing Gems branding to OpenSea Pro? Why is the the coin they launched called Gem? Like I just don't. Some fundamental stuff from like what like why? And then if this is like you know, I heard mixed things. Easy on your show yesterday, people were saying, well, there is a rewards thing for trading, but this isn't the rewards thing because this is just, you know, a celebrate, like a, you know, it clearly has no utility, right? So, like, do these trend to zero over time? I don't know, but I, I would have expected, like, like, we didn't even see this crack the top of volume till like, middle of yesterday. Like, if you look to, like, trying to trade these on OpenSea Pro was like a nightmare, right? Because it, it it takes so long to generate the transactions that if you're trying to sweep like 50 of them, like assume 30 would fail the transaction. It was really gas inefficient. Like it, it was just kind of ironic. Whereas like, I think the thing for me when Blur launched the first like pseudo Blur, because it was also a paradigm thing that happened was Art Gobblers. 
And that was really good to trade on Blur. It showcased a lot of the benefits of Blur. Um, like OpenSea Pro launched, and the first thing I traded on it was a collection that was really hard to trade on. <laughs> and that was a little unfortunate. Yeah, got, gotta love that uh, rollout. Nick, anything to add here? No, I mean, people made 0.04 for you. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> you, 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 the real. Did you, you claim know, yours? Yeah, I claimed one. I, didn't, <clears throat> I, I was thinking if I. I should have had a second one, um, but um, yeah. I mean, uh, enjoy the hundred dollars. <laughs> still not gonna. I'm still moving into a two bedroom. Okay, <laughs> so uh, doesn't matter. Uh, maybe if uh, crypto pumps a little more, I, I move back into a three bedroom. Here's Spencer was like, one day you'll have a four bedroom. I I I just want to wrap this up with a nice little typo here, Pio. <clears throat> I need, you know, you if if you downgrade a little bit, it lights that fire under you. You know what I'm saying? It gives you a little bit of motivation. And if if you're just living in your dream sort of situation, you're like, I have too much space. And 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 you're saying that to yourself. You 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 gotta you gotta slow things down. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's where I'm at. And the same thing goes if if you got too many of these gemesis. A lot of people, there was also part of the announcement that came out, uh, Wally.swoosh, or Whale.swoosh, sorry, I keep calling him Wale. But, um, <laughs> that's the DC in you coming out. Uh, well, that's the DC rapper. Um, yeah, love Wale, dude. <laughs> but um, so uh, in terms of, sorry, I had a call coming in. Um, in terms of, that what the airdrop is, a lot of people were speculating the initial pump was based on they're dropping a token and uh, and Wally or Whale.Switch, Jesus, I keep saying that. Uh, he um, he summarized it and said, uh, pointed out something that they were discussing essentially that uh, free NFTs is, or like more NFTs, NFT rewards is what uh, is going, they're going to be issuing. Um, no one knows what that means. Easy. Uh, There's and been some back office talks that it's going to be through NFTs. The other thing that I think a lot of people are speculating on is OpenSea is a US-based entity. Gem was based out of Singapore, which would give them an option for a token, potentially. Uh, I don't think the token happens itself. There was a lot of conversation yesterday, even from, I believe the individual was called Vera underscore developer. Vara underscore developer. Um, he is one of the his name he's one of the uh devs behind gem and had open openly said like yeah this is a commemorative thank you and that's kind of like what it was so i think there was a lot of speculation that drove the price action but i'm more leaning towards these trends to zero over time so do you think we've already seen the top it's tough to say because there's also like if you look at the metadata of these there is rarity involved somehow so people are speculating like there's going to be a reveal that shows different colors and things like that on them based on how early you would use the gem beta and i think that would cause a secondary price run up but i don't think these break point one maybe i'm terribly wrong but like i don't mind missing this like something with this big of a supply i'm perfectly fine sitting on the it, sidelines it, for easy in the actual dashboard don't they still have that gem notification? a small gem icon that says we are watching usage will be rewarded yeah right so there's a lot at play here it, that it, it that may come in a different form than the nft potentially that we're talking about right Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, what if they do go a different route and end up rewarding 
a different way. Like it doesn't have to be a token to still provide like cash, value. Dude. just like USDC rake back, baby. <laughs> just straight pull a page out of Rollbit's book and just give you straight right. cash back rewards. Yeah, That's what I'm talking about. Card, dude, and you get a free stay at the hotel. Dude, I love it when my securities yield dividends. <laughs> well, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Gemesis, Nick. Something to add? No, I'm ready to move on. All right. Well, moving on. We're moving on to our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, of course, you're listening to the NFT Morning Show. We run the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern, right here on Twitter Spaces each and every week, every single week. It's also available on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and YouTube for the simulcast. Uh, and we have Ice Bags joining us on the simulcast, the founder of CanPie Pandas, a, a popular NFT collection, recently saw another run in price it's been consistently doing pretty well ice bags welcome to the show man thanks for joining us appreciate it can you hear me absolutely yep. perfect i cannot hear you guys for some reason shit <laughs> uh, i can now you can you now Perfect, man. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, I asked Ice Bags to join the show essentially as a thought leader. This is not a sponsor spot. I saw an interview Thanks with him. paying us. <laughs> yeah, very funny. And why, who did I send the, 10, uh, the 10K to? <laughs> uh, I think you sent it to me. That was an under-the-table deal, though. So I, but, He's looking I for an apartment that. right now, so that's, that'll cover the security <laughs> deposit. Um, you know, I saw an interview with you uh, post – so the John Jones sponsorship. For people that don't know, ladies, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, John Jones – John Jones, uh, you know, is the consensus greatest of all time at this point in mixed martial arts. He made a return after three years of not fighting. He hadn't fought since right before COVID, and he came back. So naturally, in the world of sports, specifically in the world of MMA, his return was a massive, massive, massive deal. And Canpai Pandas was, from what I could tell, the singular sponsor. I mean, he was wearing Canpai stuff. You had it on the on the vans or the you know the escalades that he was pulling up to the event in. You locked in a big fish for that sponsorship. I'm wondering what was the sort of intention behind that, right? Because we've seen other examples where people like sponsored things or put their logo on things and it didn't pump the NFT price. Besides Board API Club, there haven't been that many entities in the NFT space that have really been able to figure out how to pump a price for a long time. What was your kind of mentality behind that strategy? Yeah, so so mine is not necessarily like hire a celebrity and pump the price. Uh, mine's very different. So you know we're using an apparel brand and and like we're we're his we're his official streetwear brand. So it's, it's not just like a one-time deal that you're going to see that. Uh, and we're, we've got a ton more athletes. We've got Ilya Tapuria. He's a top 10 guy. He's going to be fighting in June. Rising uh, star. Josh Emmett. Could be a future champion. Very, very possible, potentially this year. Um, we've got Roy Jones Jr. We had Florida Atlantic and Miami rocking right before the uh, Final Four. So here's the way I look at it. Is, is you've got to reach out into the normie world if you're going to grow a brand, right? And one way to do that is through, you've got to find, you've got to find a niche to do that with. And, and ours is apparel, for example, right? We've got a cool brand. We've got, we've got good designs. Um, we've done a massive amount of apparel, apparel sales you know, since then. And my thing is not tying it to the NFT directly. My thing is just building that brand on its own and then we'll funnel people back to the NFT at a later date. So, so that that's our that's our strategy. Interesting. What um, 
what, where do people access this apparel? Like, do they just go to the Campi Panda's website? How are you selling? So you can go to wearkp.com. Um, but also I'm already in talks with several huge, uh, stores that carry multiple brands, multiple streetwear brands. So mm-hmm. the end goal will then be to be in boutiques. You know, I, I'm not planning on opening a store right now, potentially in the future. But like when you're talking to people like culture Kings and other people about like your stuff, that's a big fucking deal. And, uh, so were you in uh, fashion before? So my early days, I lived when I was 20 years old, uh, I lived in Mexico. And so I was in manufacturing uh, from 20 to 25. That was kind of like my family's background. Uh, my wife was a buyer for, for high-end boutiques. Uh, so she, go, she would go to Milan and LA and New York fashion shows and, and purchase for her boutiques. So yeah, I mean, we, I've been in it for a long time. Well, I'm curious. So you, I mean, well, the way you just described it, it sounds like what you're saying is we're in the apparel business, but are like, how do you view, like, this has been something Pio and I have a ton of conversations about is, um, we, we started, like, if, if you asked us and asked the, the, even our audience over the past year, what is, what is the nifty? They'd say they're a media company. They're a media brand basically. And we've been trying, and we've been trying to actually, uh, move away from that primarily to say, no, we're an NFT business essentially. Uh, and not essentially we are, and that's like the, the exclusive focus of what we're, uh, what we're operating on. And, and, and that to me is like a complete shift. And I'm wondering for you when you're sitting and looking at this, I mean, you bought the, the Campai Pandas, uh, you know, project that that's my understanding, at least maybe I'm wrong about that. But, um, so you so you bought that. When you saw that, were you saying, "Well, I like the brand IP," or were you saying, uh, and, "And or or was it like, hey, I'm really interested in running uh, an NFT project?" So 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 what I wanted to do is I wanted to do something different, right? And my thing is like, I'm not one of these computer guys that just sits at the house all day, right? Like I like to go to sporting events, I like to go to concerts, I like to go and party with my buddies, take my family on trips. Like I like to get out and live life. And so, you know, the first big move we made even before Mint Out happened, you know, I pulled out like 600K out of my own pocket just to get the project going. We, it was a seven-month Mint, for those of you that don't know. A seven-month Mint is fucking DOA. No, like, no, it's really up, fast, right? right? <laughs> in a bear market. Doesn't happen. Uh, so we, we used that. We bought a, a suite at Allegiant. So we've got, we've got the, the suite at the Raiders Stadium for 15 years. Uh, so we've got all the football games, all the concerts. Uh, we do UFC suites. We've done, you know, Vegas, Dallas. We're doing Miami uh, this Saturday. Um, I mean, a, a lot more. And we got more coming. We threw a huge festival last August. We're going to be throwing it again. Uh, we're going to throw a party for 5,000 people at BTC Miami this year. Uh, we've partnered with Karate Combat, which is a, I saw a, that. Is a real fighting league. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so so you're going to see an announcement on that. We're going to be We're going to be doing a nearly $1 million karate token airdrop to our people. Uh, so it's going to be like a competitive league, right? So like uh, for, for football this year, we did a fantasy league and gave away Super Bowl tickets. For March Madness, we did uh, a bracket challenge and gave away 25 k in cash. Um, and, then, and then we're going to be doing a competitive, you know, fantasy league with Karate Combat. And I don't know if you saw it, but like our logos were all yeah, over. In the back, all oh, over the walls. Fan- you're doing Wild. fantasy with it. That's cool. Like that shit's wild to me, right? Like 
to me, that's where you get branding out there. And so, yeah, we're still an NFT project. We're, we're essentially a, a membership pass with a PFP attached to it, but it's so much more, right? And what we're using the, the apparel for is, ju is just the mass branding to get it out there, right? Get the logo out there. And then one of the things that we're working on right now is like, okay, so say like on the hem of, of the clothing, you're going to have, we're going to have like our little campi head, you know, and inside that's going to be a QR code and it's going to say, scan me on it. Right. So now every person that ever buys that apparel is going to scan that tag and it's going to lead back to our website. It's going to show a video of like, you know, what we're about, the parties in Vegas and John Jones. And we threw a celebrity poker match when we were in Vegas. Uh, we're going to be doing a ton of huge content creation. I'm working on a, a deal right now where we're putting together like a maybe like a 15 series uh, with a couple of UFC fighters where they're going to travel and, and do like on-site interviews with the UFC guys, you know, wearing the apparel. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're a media company. We're a lifestyle brand. There's so much to it. Um, we're, we're still figuring that out. Right. And that's the cool thing about like what, what, when you're growing a business, you can always, you can make changes on the fly. You can see what works. You can see what doesn't work. Uh, but apparel has been a big, big hit for us right now because it's not just, it's not even just people that we paid. Like, like I've got pictures of like uh, David and Joku, the, the tight end for the Browns, like getting off the jet, rocking our stuff. Right. And that's the kind of stuff where you're like, all right, it's starting to be adopted. Damn. I mean, so it, that's pretty cool if people are actually just starting to wear it because it's cool. It seems like you're really, really deeply uh, into the sports world at this point, right? From sponsoring to now just, I guess, networking. Have you guys made more money, like more revenue, I should say, off of apparel sales than NFT sales? Not yet, just because we, we only launched this like a month ago, okay. right? We're, we're only a month into this. And we actually weren't even going to launch any apparel. People wanted merch a long, for a long time, right? And I said, I'm not going to do merch. I hate, I hate the typical cheap stuff, yeah. right? A black said, sweatshirt. This right. Well, when the deal came up with John, it was like February 5th, and he was fighting in a month, right? And we weren't planning on launching apparel until probably late April. So it just pushed up our timeline tremendously because of all that exposure. So, so we're a month into this. Um, we're 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 making a huge push. And like, if you if you don't know much about me and my background, I've I've built a lot of successful businesses across the board, from restaurants to real estate to property management, all kinds of stuff. Right? I've still got a hundred employees, um, so I'm used to growing businesses, growing brands. And to me, this is just I'm, I'm taking the same approach. Right? Um, now it's quite different, you know, being in the in, in the Web three space. But I've been I've been in this space full time since eighteen. So you know, I, I think I know what I'm doing. Uh, and if not, I'm going to figure it out. That's for sure. Nick. I mean, <clears throat> it, it, well, I'm curious what, so what's the, the, those other businesses you said you have a hundred employees. Is that through like a holding company or through what? No. So we, I've got a, my main business that I started like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, um, that I still, that I still own today is, is property management. So like I was doing vacation rentals before like Airbnb was even born. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I'm wondering, like, from the branding standpoint, this is something that uh, we've been thinking a lot about, like, even what is IP worth in this space? Like, uh, the process of, like, we're, bu we're building out a lot of things right now that we haven't released, and, and there, uh, it's, all, it's all been behind the scenes, but that stuff will roll out in the, in the coming weeks and months. Um, we've already started releasing some of those things as uh, free NFTs, but... Um, well, early on, 
uh, when Board Ape Yacht Club came out, everyone was talking about owning the IP rights. And this is a bunch of people who have never owned an IP business in their life. Uh, so it's kind of like funny. Or run a business in their life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So the bit, I, I remember having a tweet. I was like, you know, the most difficult part of opening a hamburger shop is uh, buying a board ape. So you have a brand. basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I, and I think that that's like, that's kind of like what the, the attitude was with, with uh, some of this space. And I'm like, sorry, I'm confused. Like, why is this the biggest hurdle? I was like, is it, wouldn't it be like making great hamburgers or like whatever, or making great apparel? Like that, that, that's the, uh, that's the business. How do we deliver something that's compelling to the market? But even then the question that, that I ask myself now is like, what is the value that that ends up delivering? Now, IP, the idea, I guess, is that, uh, and I, I understand it. I say this in a way that, um, like I, I get what's going on, but I, I, I wonder how other business owners are viewing it, but is is the thesis here? Hey, we're gonna go uh, grow the, our IP and our brand, and inevitably that's gonna drive demand back for the NFTs, and it provides a platform on which we're going. We can deliver value to those holders. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you guys looked and saw what we launched just like a few days ago. So March thirtieth, we launched kind of our Web three side um, that we spent about six months, seven months building. And so essentially the way it works is it's, it's very like Roblox S right. So the, the pandas earn points. You don't, I don't, I don't like staking. So they just accrue points on a daily basis. Right. And then we've got this whole marketplace in there. We've got a Panda builder in there. So you can then go and spend these points and buy like rare items. Okay. And you can deck your Panda out and change it on, on chain. Right. So you're customizing your Panda. One of the cool things that we introduced is what we call dynamic rarity. So now it becomes a game within a game as to where the more stuff that you do to your Panda, it, it increases in the ranks. And we've got 102 tiers. And then you earn more points based on how you build that up, right? And one of the coolest the features that's going to come out of this is our marketplace, okay? So just like Karate Combat partnered with us and they're doing this massive airdrop, like that's, that's huge value back to the, back to the holders, right? And it's because of the branding that we're build, building, especially around the sports side. But more and more people, like we're in talks with a lot of people that are going to be giving us, I mean, as crazy as it is, they're going to be giving us stuff that we can then put into the marketplace at no cost to the company. And then our people can then use those points that they've earned to purchase in real life items. And so that's where real value is going to be driven back, whether it be they, they can use the points to buy sports tickets or... You know, we're, we're talking about like a couple of like uh, alcohol collaborations. They can buy, you know, bottles of vodka or tequila or whatever. But like that's that's real value being driven back. Um, IP, I, I think, is is kind of a funny thing to me. I think Luca's probably the only one right now that's actually driving some kind of real IP. And I don't know how that's going to play out long term. Like what's the real return on that going to be? Um, but yeah, like buying a board ape and starting a fucking hot dog stand doesn't make any sense, right? It just doesn't. Um, and I don't think it ever will. So I think uh, you and Luca are also going slightly different routes too. Like to an extent, some of it is the same, but like Luca going more towards like the toys and physical, like smaller collectibles, like almost trying to appeal to like family audience, which makes sense. Cause like even the animations, 
are very largely like emotion evoking from that wider content standpoint. And I, I was having a bunch of conversations with him about it. And it seems like he's like dead set on trying to get that like wider audience, especially with like his background with like gel blasters and other things. It makes sense to go that route. Cause that's where his connections are. So I, I guess I was like most interested, like your audience definitely seems more tailored towards that. Like older, even like, I guess you could say like sports audience, you know, what kind of like led towards that focus and like, why'd you kind of pick that vertical, I guess, you know? So, so I have this conversation a lot and, and, and I'll get, and I'll give Luca props. And this is where I say, like, you need a founder that understands what they're building, right? Like Luca's been there and done that with the, with the gel blaster. Right. And so that's in his lane. And my lane is, is more of the, the party stuff, the sports stuff. I've been doing this a long time. I've been putting together events and things like that for a while. So this is what I'm good at. And if you look at my audience, I like to call it like the sophisticated degenerate, right? It's guys that like to go have a good time, uh, but also have families and run businesses. And so it is two very different crowds. But if you look at that crowd of 20 to 55-year-old male, it's, it's a massive audience, right? And they've, and they've got money to spend, right? Because it's an older crowd. It's a more established crowd. Um, and to me, that's really where we, we start to get bigger deals. Uh, on the table down the road is because as we expand and grow the user base and we have a, we have like a, the audience that people want to go after. And, and real quick, I want to, I, I, I'm sure other people have questions, but when you talked about spending the points for things that you didn't have to spend money on, is that basically you doing business development for these alcohol brands, for example, for the tickets to sporting events, where you basically pitch them, we're going to give you exposure to our audience. They, they will have spend later, but for this, you should give us those tickets. You should give us that alcohol consideration for free. And that's so basically your sales ability is able to create literal value for the holders in the sense that they can show up to something and have fun. Yeah. So if you look at if you look at me, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well connected across multiple spaces. Just I'm, I'm 41 years old. Right. I've been there. I've done that. Right. Um, my advisors and stakeholders are Steve Cohen. He's a general partner at yeah. United Talent Agency. He runs he runs their southeast division. Huge. Like, name. We didn't just sign a deal to have to be represented by UTA. We literally have a general partner that's a stakeholder with us. He handles Kevin Hart and everybody. So talk about a major connected guy. There he is. Uh, second is Steve Espinosa. He ran digital marketing and comms for White House, Trump, and Obama. He's been on the cover of Fast Inc. Like digital media is his thing. And then our third group is first round management. They're based out of uh, Miami, but they manage over 150 athletes. So if you look at like what I've built as far as like an advisory board, you can kind of see like where we're going with this and the connections that we have to get this stuff done. Yeah. And I guess you brought up Luca. What other NFT collections do you think are doing it right? I, I don't like to get into this conversation, to be honest. Um, I just say that I know that Luca has the experience in what he's doing, and I don't know enough about the other founders to say the same. So I don't want to shit on anybody, but I also don't want to give props to anybody because I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, yeah, they're doing a great job. And then they fuck it all up three months from now. Dude, why did I pay you? <laughs> like, I thought, I, like, what the hell is going on here, man? This is complete nonsense. Well, uh, Spencer, looks like you wanted to say something. Yeah. Else. So one thing that I was curious about with, like, your changing rarity structures based on points, et cetera. Do you get any pushback from people who maybe previously had rare pandas? 
And then now they're not as rare as some new people who bought the points. Like it feels like it makes the tokens like not so non fungible, right? Um, how do you how do you think about that? And was that like a controversial decision, or 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 how? how I'm just I'm curious on on this specific one. It was it was risky for sure, but the way that we tiered this right, so we've got different body styles. So if you've got like a really like a one of one, it's in its own it's in its own tier that can't ever be passed. And then if you got a, a, an infinity, it can't be passed. If you got an alien, it can't be passed. So the certain body st- styles that are very rare cannot be passed. But with that said, the base pandas is 90% of the collection. So they're really jockeying in between that. And I'll say this. I mean, in the first four days, we had like 20% of the collection crafted that, that went in and made changes. So to me, that's adoption. And it tells me that, that, that my community loves it. And of course, I'm, I'm always in there with my community and Discord and Telegram and everything else getting feedback. And, and I spent two months with at least a hundred of our holders in a, in a beta test group going through all of this before we ever launched. And, and were you looking at like what doodle, cause this seems a little bit similar maybe to the sort of doodles duplicator trait concept where there's interoperability of traits. Were you looking at what doodles was doing at all or, or kind of operating in a vacuum? Am I looking at what doodles, what, the, what doodles the collection was doing with traits interoperable interoperability? I don't know. I mean, we've been doing this for six months and we've launched that. Do, has doodles even launched anything yet? Uh, they launched like their trait marketplaces, but they haven't launched the second collection yet where the traits are like usable. Gotcha. I mean, you, you can go use our traits right now. Didn't yeah. they raise like 70 million or something? They raised an obscene amount of money. And no, it was only a small seventy million, very, very little. Tiny amount. Then why the fuck did we beat them to market? Wow, throwing shade at Doodles here. He said <laughs> he wouldn't do it. I mean, they're not even an NFT collection, are they? Didn't Poopy say that? Oh wow! Oh damn! <laughs> oh. oh shit! See you in the ring, Poopy. Damn, son, where'd you find uh, that? Wow! <laughs> didn't didn't see that one coming right after he said he wouldn't do it. Uh, so look, oh, you guys don't. um ice bags look it said that you said that it took seven i'm fascinated by like floor price progression of nft projects right that that's something that i've long been fascinated by and you said that it took seven months to sell out can't buy pandas i heard you tell an anecdote about how it was like a just for fun drunk decision for you to buy it but then once your name was attached to it you're like all right i'm married to this thing now i gotta go hard and there was a period where you were like frustrated by the fact that you'd taken this on because it was so challenging and you weren't getting that much return. But obviously, you've had success since then. I'm sure you're thrilled about the situation now. Were there key moments when it came to floor price progression that kind of sent it? Like, like, what were the moments that started to send the thing? Because you don't just roll out of bed and it's at almost two ETH on a, what, 9,000 supply collection or something like that. Like, what were those moments? What was that experience like watching the floor price progression and, and what went into that? So it's a struggle. And, and of course, people like to get up here and say like, oh, I don't even look at floor price, right? Like that's what founders love to say. But you do because you, I look, you look at it as a way like how the market accepts your product, right? Or, or, or kind of accepts like the work that you put into it. So I, I, I do track it. Um, and it is frustrating because I feel like personally, I feel like we're delivering, you know, more than 90%, 99% of the products, uh, you know, projects out there and we're not getting the love. But to me, that just makes me go, okay, head down, grind harder, you know, and, that, and that's all we've done. So, so once it finally did mint out after seven months, then, of course, you don't have the supply crunch, you know, the supply shock uh, hanging over your head anymore. So the, so the floor price, you know, continued to go up. Then more people start to take notice. 
And then, of course, honestly, like Twitter spaces and podcasts and things like that, where I get to go out and explain like the product, that that stuff helps. You know, I wish I had more time to to do it all the time because I think the floor, it, it, it does pump the floor price. Um, but with everything that we're building, I'm a very long term thinker. You know, in my business that 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 I, that's very successful now. You know, I didn't I didn't make any money for like two and a half years, right? But I grinded on it twenty four seven, and I look at Canpi the same way. Um, if we don't have, you know, I'm not looking at like wh what is the floor price in three months. I want I want to know what the floor price is in a year. You know, in two years, uh, and and that's just the way I look at you know life and business and everything else. Sure, and you know, you talked about thinking long term. I heard you on that other podcast talking about you know, in your mind, this could be a nine figure brand. What is a best case scenario? Like what does the best case scenario look like if it plays out over five to 10 years for this and what makes it a nine figure brand? Yeah. So apparel exposure is going to be a major part of that. Uh, we've also got, you know, so, so part of the points ecosystem is a casino, a sports book and a poker room as well. Right. So there's a potential there. I don't want to get into the gambling gambling scene. It's 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 not something I'm I'm really excited about. And and I'm as a U.S. resident, you know, there's it's there's a lot of issues. But it's also something that that can potentially be sold off, you know, to a stake or somebody else um, down the road. So we've we've got a lot of different ways and 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 revenue sources that we can do that. So I I have I'm I'm extremely confident. I mean I've talked behind the scenes to VCs and stuff right now, and I've seen some of the valuations they've tried to come in at, um, and and we're we're not very far off uh, with what we've done so far. So so I think within a year, within eighteen months, we're we're there. After those conversations with VCs, did they go and sweep the floor? I I have had several, yeah. I mean, somebody, somebody did it the other day at the pretty, pretty big VC firm and they came in for about a quarter mil. Like you talk to the VC, maybe there's a deck, maybe there's not. Whether or not they invest in the equity uh, position, they'll, they'll sweep the floor. Because, I, yeah, because I'm not giving up equity right now. I don't, if I don't need to raise money, I don't want to bring people in. I don't want to have to talk to them and, and tell them what I'm doing on a, on a weekly basis. I got no interest in it. I'm, I want to run my own business. Um, so... Eventually Damn, down the road, of course, you're going to cash out. Like that's the point of building a business, right? But at this time, like if I don't need your money, I'm not going to take it. What was that, Nick? I was like, you're updating investors weekly. I'm like, damn, that that's that. Like, you, if you if you have an investor that needs a weekly update, uh, you have I'll a bad like, investor. I like buy their equity back and be like, hey, right. here's the deal. I'll buy it back at ten percent for you to stop texting me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Stop messaging me. This I time. had kind of an off-topic question. What is the real milk bags or ice bags? The name? Uh, like, so, I'm so curious. Yeah. So, so ice bags was was I got in an 18 and got crushed. And then when I got into crypto Twitter, I just named it ice bags because all of my bags were so fucking bad. The cold as ice. So then I got. I've been banned like five times, right? So then. I bought, um, I, I was drunk and I got banned and me and my brother were sitting on the back porch watching basketball or something. And I was like, I was like, how much for your account right now? Okay. And his account was milkman something. And I think, I think it was like an old Vince Young, like Vince Young, uh, not Vince Young, but Vince Carter, I think was the milkman. And he was like a fan. And so I Carl bought Malone. Account. Carl Malone was the milkman. Oh no. But, okay. The mailman, the so, mailman. My so bad. I bought mailman, his account. Carl so Lord. then my handle was, was milkman. Right. And, and then I got banned again. And 
inverse bra had been calling me uh, milk bags because it was ice bags, but the handle was was milkman, right? So then when I got a band again, I just I just changed it to milk bags. Why were you getting banned? Because oh, I, I get too loose on the timeline. Just saying wild shit. What, what? I get too loose. Like that sounds what's, like what's, what's uh, someone. The guy, that... What's the guy that's been fudding um, tether for like ten years? Which of the fifty people? <laughs> now the, the the really big one. I have no idea. I forget his name now. But I made fun. I made fun of him. He got me banned. Uh, Garrett. What's the Garrett guy that got caught up in the poker scandal? I have no idea kid, who these people like, are. <laughs> some anyway, deep, I went after him. He got me banned. S- some deep crypto Twitter stuff. I, I got one more question before we drop the free NFT. Uh, how much was the John Jones partnership? Like, what does something like that cost after a three-year layoff for Jones? Like, is that eight figures? Like, how much is that? No, not even close. Not even close. Well, yeah, I mean, so eight figures is a lot. It was like 50 bucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean it was it was very expensive, uh, but I've already seen a return on it. That's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got the free NFT for today. Uh, you know, we wanted to do a little a little partner NFT here with Campi Pandas. Clemente, can you give us the code word? Show the uh, the artwork. Bags hasn't seen the artwork yet, so I'm going to be curious to see what he thinks of it. So the password for today is six nine Campi six nine, all lowercase. Um, so put that in and I will be inputting it shortly and showing you guys, uh, what it looks like. Yep. So we got a a good one for today. Six, nine con pie, six, nine. Yep. So for all the guessers out there, you're never going to guess one of the passwords ever again. I'm going to be layering numbers in there and all this stuff. You're just never going to guess again. So don't try. You're wasting your time. Go to the nifty.com T H E N I F T Y.com slash claim and input six, nine, Kanpai, K-A-N-P-A-I-6-9. Clemente? Here we go. Punching it in. Punching it in. Here's the live claim bags. So, you know, I wanted a little martial arts reference, right? And the... Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you want to tweet it out, that'd be awesome. If you want to put it in the Discord, all your holders can claim it for free. Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> so there you go. We, we got a little sumo match in Japan between our character, Buddy, you know, Easy's Bodago character. Uh, looks like he uh, he weighed in a little light for this matchup because the Kampai Panda's looking like he weighed in at about 600 pounds. Buddy's looking like 100 pounds soaking wet, maybe. And uh, he's pretty nervous there. We got Kampai Pandas and Bodagos looking on in the crowd. The title of the piece is Panda Prowess uh, in honor of Bags joining the show. Uh, Bags, do you have any questions for us, man? Yeah, what, I mean, what do you guys... I, I want to hear some honest feedback on the project. Well, some of the stuff that you're describing, <clears throat> I think we have, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of similarities in terms of uh, future um, vision. of uh, How one... So, so uh, you're talking about partnerships and some of these other things via your platform. We've built something essentially very similar. We haven't introduced the points yet, although I've coded it. Um, we, we, we have, um, a lot of semi similar functionality. We're, we're thinking, we've just been thinking through it. So hearing from other people is always insightful. Um, I mean, it sounds like, look, your approach to it, uh, makes a ton of sense. Uh, I, I, it's, 
I'm just personally fascinated to sort of hear your process of managing what's essentially an NFT NFT project, NFT business, whatever you want to uh, whatever you want to call it. it. It's a challenging thing. I was writing something last night after Pio and I went, went out uh, for dinner with uh, another uh, NFT project team in this space, um, and we we were talking about the logistics of just operating these businesses, what people are looking for. One thing I wonder if there's anything else is. Well, you you said it. You said the sophisticated degenerate is your sort of target persona. Would you say that that's holistic across the whole business or is that just for the NFT? Um, So, yeah. More just for the NFT side, right? Like the apparel is, is, is crossover because, because the cool thing about like when we, when we really launched it in March in Vegas with John the feedback was like after after I got home and, and all his team and all these UFC guys and all the NFL guys were like hitting me up. They were saying, hey, man, do you make do you make kid sizes? Do you make, you know, women's stuff? And, and that says a lot to me, too, because the stuff that we're building on the apparel side is, is family friendly. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the NFT side is much more so degenerate and, and, and adult related, you know, content. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's more so on the NFT side than anything. I mean, yeah, I, I, in terms of, I'm not sure that I have any feedback. I I, I think the biggest thing is this is, we're all defining what the roadmap looks like and the playbook looks like. And, uh, this was literally what, uh, again, PO and I discussing this last night. Like if you talk about a property management business, um, there's a pretty clearly defined playbook from it. You can you can do various you can attempt to innovate on various edges of the business whether it's you know cu- uh, how the customers interact with your uh, with your team and other things like that and and automation and 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 how you try and uh, leverage technology to gain efficiency inside of it but outside of it the playbook's pretty much still the same uh, the vacation rental business that you were talking about if you look at owning a parking garage or something like th- there's there's those all have predefined playbooks. Pio is referring to the recruiting business, where it's literally, you know, every recruiting agency follows the same uh, playbook. There isn't one for the NFT business, and so we're all making it up, which is both exciting and simultaneously challenging. Because the the question is, how is this going to operate? And there's also a lot of diversity within this space. I would say, where you look at a Starbucks or something like that, which is saying like. We're going to implement NFTs as a rewards platform, but mostly obfuscate the the interaction of the NFTs to give this built into our native product. And and you know this is just a technology is is more of how they're potentially approaching it. And then you have on the uh, on the other end of the spectrum, people that are just building NFT uh, NFTs themselves, and that is the the interaction. We're thinking about that a lot. Uh, obviously, I mean, we just dropped a free NFT, but we're also doing um, both. That's custodial, but we also have non-custodial NFTs. And, and uh, uh, so the question is, well, what's the dynamic you can build there? If you look at Yugo Labs, that's where a lot of their interactions and like innovation is going on. Is saying, hey, we're going to build another, you know, another NFT, but we're going to drop it in a different way. And so. Um, that's a that's a hard playbook to follow, and they're one of the few, if not the only, that has managed to continue to uh, essentially increase 
supply within their ecosystem without just completely destroying the value of all the other NFTs in their ecosystem. But again, it's, it's really like, what is the playbook? There isn't one, uh, generally speaking, other than, um, you know, uh, D- develop more interest in the NFTs themselves via essentially marketing campaigns, which is what, what uh, Yuga Labs is. It sounds like what you're doing as well um, in, in your own way. Uh, and I think we're all doing it differently. So all I can say is, hey, I mean, respect for, for your efforts and initiative and the fact that you're building out a platform and also building uh, the, the apparel side and simultaneously, let's see where we where we all end up in you know a year, two years from now, uh, saying like like what model we all stumble upon uh, as a, as a result of that, which is um, we all have our thesis. Time will tell whether or not you know that that uh, how those how those play out. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's awesome to have more people that are at least you know building and trying to create. Uh, in the space. So, so that's, what's fun about web three, right. And, and running an NFT project is like, you can, you can build anything you want, right. It's, it's, it's kind of limitless, uh, to, to what you can do and you can, and you can change on a dime. Right. And sometimes you need to, if something's not working, you've got to, you've got to be able to pivot and, and make the changes in, in, in a quick manner. But at the root of it, running a business is running a business. You've got to be able to manage a team, You've got to be able to come up with ideas. You've got to be able to communicate with the community. So at the core business, if you, if you can run a business, you can run a business. Yeah, but the, the biggest thing, and this is what I was writing this thing of saying, what's an NFT business and, and essentially out, outlining this last night. The real thing is you got to sell products and services. That's, that is what you know, a business's objective is to sell products and services. And so the question is, what are you selling? And like, what's the revenue model that exists? And right now for Yuga Labs, it's sell more NFTs, uh, generate uh, royalties if possible. Um, but that's it. Like there's no, yeah. there's no other uh, portion of their, of their uh, uh, sometimes they sell products via partnerships, but I don't think their apparel business is like a, yeah. a, a, a massive business and a, and a net positive. Um, sorry, net, a net profit, I should say. Um, like, I don't think it's a huge business for them. Uh, but that's, that's the real thing. And, and how does the sale of those products and or services funnel back to quote value for NFT holders? That to me is sort of what is the playbook, but answering that question is the answer to, uh, to that Spencer. It looked like you wanted to say something as well associated with yeah, well, I don't know. I was just, I was curious. So like, this is a point of feedback and also a question. It's like my reservation personally always for buying Ken by Pandas has been like, I'm not, uh, I'm not a guy who watches fights. Like I'm not, uh, you know, MMA. And that seems like such a big focus of it. It seems like part of this utility, like you guys, of, of all the total spend, it's like spend on, you know, fighting partnerships, spend on box seats and the spend on box seats and those kind of things feels like if I'm not there, but I own a Panda, like that's a mistake. Like, how do you think about that perception outside of like, you know, do I want to own a ticket to something that I won't attend? And does that limit your audience? Like, how, how do you respond to someone to say, hey, you know, maybe I'll pass on the panda because I don't want to own a ticket to a box seat that I'm not going to go to. A hundred percent. I mean, you're, you're obviously limited 
when you're, when you're doing in real life events, right? Either right. they don't like the event, location issues, whatever it may be. And that's why, you know, seven months ago, we really started building out this Web3 side. And, and I don't want to build a metaverse game, like, right? I don't, I don't want to do this smoke and mirror stuff that a lot of projects are doing. So I said, let's, let's build something on the Web3 side that's fun, engaging, and sticky. And so that's when we built the points ecosystem out and allowed for the metadata changes and, and the customization and built the game within the game as far as like dynamic rarity goes. And then they can go and, you know, play in the, in the casino or the sports book or the, you know, the poker room. And then we've got a bunch of games that are going to be coming out in the next month as well. That, that, that points ecosystem just works together. So we definitely had to add that to grow. Um, and I think we've done a good job with it. One question popped up for me before we wrap. What do you think a limited run merchandise, like limited run apparel, like there's only 200 of this sweatshirt or 200 of this hat. Do you think that's good or bad? Um, I think it can be good. And, and and part of that is like what, I think it depends on who you do it with, right? So like that's one of the things we're in talks with. We're in talks with like pretty high-end designers um, and that type of stuff. And we'd run like say a a 500 drop of a hoodie with a, with a wrapper, right? And then also, not only do they get that physical, but then they also get that a digital that's then attached to, to the panda, to their inventory, and they can change it and wear it in the meta, you know, on online. That's pretty cool for sure. Uh, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the NFT Morning Show. If it was your first time tuning in, we run the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Time, each and every week, right here on Twitter Spaces. Also available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, big thank you to our guest today, Ice Bags. I invited him to the show to understand how he's thinking about building an NFT project, what he thinks drives value to NFTs, and everything in between. If you want to claim your free NFT in honor of today's show, go to the nifty.com, T H E N I F T Y.com. All you need is an email address, it's custodial, and you put in the claim code 69. Canpai, K-A-N-P-A-I 6-9, and you'll get your free NFT. Icebags, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we'll catch you all tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. We will catch you guys next time.